Welcome to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On uh, today's episode, I couldn't be happier to have uh, a guest from the Academy here with me. Well, she's a former Academy student, uh, Miss Alicia Udi. She's going to be joining us today on the episode talking about something they do at the Academy called the Moves Mountains Breakfast. Um, And before I get to that actual event, let me take a moment and just briefly introduce Alicia to our audience. Uh, Alicia attended the Academy for several years, starting in junior high and proceeding through high school. She graduated in 2016 and she's currently pursuing her nursing degree at the University of Lethbridge. Now, how she came to the show was a couple weeks ago, we were at an event called the Moves Mountains Breakfast. And at the Moves Mountains Breakfast at Rundle Academy, it's an event that's been going on for seven years. Every staff member uh, selects a student who has moved their own personal mountain throughout the year and makes an individual presentation to them. We invite their family to breakfast and the teacher stands up or the support staff stands up and gives a speech about this student and how they've moved their mountain. The idea was that, you know, it's not a conventional award and that the academy is not a conventional place all of the time. And this was an award to recognize uh, the achievements of students who might not typically get, you know, your most improved or your outstanding student or citizen of the year, but they've done something in their class or in their personal life that is truly remarkable over the course of the year and it's worth celebrating. Now at each of these events we also have a guest speaker come back who has always been an alumni in the past and again was an alumni this year and as you can probably guess by now it was Alicia Udi this year. Uh, Her speech really moved me and moved everybody in the audience and I just thought to myself you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody in a Rundle College community could hear her words to get a better understanding of, you know, perhaps who the academy is, uh, perhaps who the graduates are, but but larger than that, um, what is different about, you know, neural diversity and the way that people learn differently in a really equal and, and fair sense to bring perspective and bring down stigma. So I hope that uh, today's conversation with Alicia will, will help us do that. So without any further ado, let me welcome Alicia to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's really good to have you here today uh, in the office. And uh, I think we'll start today's show by just having you read your speech. Okay, sounds good. good. Okay, so everybody imagine now that you're sitting in the academy, Alicia's standing at the podium and she's about to deliver her uh, Moves Mountain speech to you all. So enjoy. I am honored to have been asked to speak here this morning about my experience at Rundle Academy. I discovered I had dyslexia with severe processing disorder when I was in grade three. Before I came to the academy in grade nine, I attended another junior high school. During my time there, I was struggling a lot with friendships, as well as not receiving the support I needed for my learning disability. This made school a place I dreaded going to every day. 
Oftentimes, I would find myself trying to convince my mom that I didn't need to go to school that day, as we wouldn't be learning anything important. Some of the girls in my class knew I had difficulties with things like reading, and one memorable day while we were having to do partner reading, the girl I was paired with approached my teacher and very loudly stated, I can't read with Alicia. She has a reading disease. For years after that, I would not read anything in class for fear of being ridiculed. And look at me now. I'm reading in front of a room full of people. I might still be a bit terrified, but here I am, moving mountains. This incident is a time I look back on now and laugh, but in the moment, it made learning in this kind of environment extremely difficult. While I was still in grade 8, my parents started investigating high schools, knowing I had to find somewhere other than my designated high school, Lord Beaverbrook, as I was already struggling with the learning in the small environment at the school I was at. We knew I needed, would need to receive more support than I would be in a large public high school. Once I toured Rundle Academy, I knew this was where I needed to be. With no available openings in my grade at the time, I was put on a wait list at the end of the school year in grade 8, with hopes of getting a spot for grade 10. A week later, we got a call stating that a spot had opened up in the fall that I was heading into grade 9, and without no hesitation, we decided to make the move, as I was so unhappy at the school I was at. Looking back on the moment, I now realize I had won the education lottery. Starting at a new school was terrifying and overwhelming as I did not know anyone at the academy, but quickly my outlook on school changed. In my first week, I very clearly remember Mr. Vandermeer, my homeroom teacher at the time, stating, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to change lives, and that he did. In the process, he might have also made a friend. I started to enjoy going to school and was actually interested in the things I was learning. Though I had a lot of gaps and missing pieces in my curriculum, my teachers here at Rundle worked hard to get me caught up. For the first time ever, I felt safe in my learning environment, was willing to take risks without being judged, and began to build some confidence. Also, for the first time ever, I tried to play on different sports teams, and throughout my time at Rundle Academy, I played on the volleyball, basketball, rugby, and cheer teams, as well as being a part of one of the spring musical productions. Most importantly, I was no longer trying to get out of going to school. Being at the Academy has taught me to advocate for my learning needs, recognize my many different strengths, and most of all, has taught me to recognize and embrace my unique abilities. Having the skills to understand how I learn made it possible for me to excel in school and make it on the gold and excellent honor rolls all four years at the academy. This is something I never would have imagined I could have accomplished. I am currently attending the University of Lethbridge in the Bachelor of Nursing program. This is an extremely difficult program to get into, requiring a 90% average for acceptance, and I would have never been able to accomplish this without the amazing skills I learned and the support I received during my time at Rundle Academy. I sometimes have to work a little harder than my fellow classmates to get good grades, but I now have several strategies that help me to reach my goals. While at the Academy, I learned to advocate for the support that I need, as well as how to ask for the accommodations that I need at university. I am no longer ashamed of my learning disability or feel that I need to hide it from others out of fear of being judged or made fun of. I am confident in who I am and I'm grateful for the struggles that I have had on my learning journey because they have helped me to become the hard worker I am today. I recently received a letter in the mail informing me that I received honors during my last semester of university. Hard to be the hardest semester of all. 
I still have two years of university left, but I'm looking forward to seeing where they take me, and I'm excited to be able to pursue a career in my dream job of being a nurse. I would like to congratulate all of the Moves Mountain recipients on your hard work, determination, and grit that you have shown this year. I would like to encourage you to continue to have exemplary work ethics, embrace your unique abilities, and always follow your dreams. By being nominated for this breakfast, you have all shown that you have the strength, determination, and skills needed to reach your goals, and you should be very proud of this. Life is full of many challenges, obstacles, and mountains that you will have to move, but all of the hard work and determination will be worth it when you look back and see how far you have come and all the things that you have accomplished. Thank you for having me, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, wow. Alicia, thank you. <laughs> that was really outstanding. Thank you. I hope uh, I hope lots of our listeners uh, listen to that and enjoy it the way that I do. Even the second time through, uh, it's at least as good as the first time through. Bravo. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, you know, and I, as you're reading it, I'm sitting here watching you read it, Alicia, and, and you know, that was delivered without flaw, and this is from a student who... Um, had difficulties reading and so like I think some of our listeners might be sitting there and saying I don't think she has a reading difficulty I mean she's clearly reading an an excellent speech without any errors and they may be asking the question what what changed or how did you learn to read that way or you know what's going on how did that exactly happen and and what would you say to that um with this particular speech I'd have to say I read it a million times before Mm -hmm. I ever presented it in front of um the group with the Moves Mountain Breakfast. So it just took a lot of practice. I normally struggle quite a bit reading the first time around. And once I read it through the second time, I've kind of gotten all the difficult spots out of the way for me so that I can actually go through and read it a little bit better. And I think, you know, in a previous conversation, we were talking about this is that, you know, going through school, um, you had to work harder, like to to get to where you had to be. Do you still find that that hard work quotient sticks with you? Like when you're at university, do you find that it's just in you? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's kind of just a part of the learner that I am now. I sometimes need to take a couple reads over something or a little bit longer on an assignment than other people and work a little bit harder at yeah. it. But it just takes a little bit more time and hard work. But it's kind of just a part of how I work now. I don't think about it as having to work any harder than anybody else, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that... You know, like, I, I share an experience with you, Alicia, in, in being a late reader. Like, I really didn't read until I was in high school and struggled the whole way through. And I, I share the kind of read it twice mentality. You know, I often read things over twice to make sure that I've got it and, and, I'm able, and, I, and, I'm, and am able to internalize it uh, from there. Um, my questions would come back to, you know, what is grit to you? You know, you mentioned grit in your speech what is that grit factor that that academy students need to have to be successful? Um, I'd say it's like kind of like that first, if you don't succeed, don't give up. Just yeah. keep trying. Um, I find for a lot of us, it, it's harder to do things. Well, accessory for me personally, do things like read or write. And um, being in other schools before being brought down. And I remember when I was in elementary school, I got told that, like during a spelling test, I think I may have gotten two out of the 10 questions, right? And my teacher looked at me and she's like, you're slow. You're like, you don't try hard. And I'd been spending weeks trying to figure out those words. And like a lot of the time, like we're brought down because we struggle with things like that. So it's kind of like from then you just need to learn, like you learn to just keep trying and trying and trying and not letting those things that people say 
bring you down totally. or be any lower than you are because you just need a little bit more help, but totally. you can reach those goals. One of my early memories was uh, we used to do Morrison McCall. I don't know if you don't know Morrison McCall, do you? No. Know? We did Morrison McCall spelling test. It was 50 words, and uh, I was at a day home, and my the girl I was at the day home with always scored like grade 12. I mean, we were in grade 4, in, and she was scoring grade 12 spelling, and I was scoring uh, kindergarten grade 1 all the time on this spelling thing. And so she'd bring them home and show them to her mom, and then I would go to her house, and I'd crump them up, and I'd put them in the crevices of the couch uh, so I never had to take them home to my mom. And then it was like months later, uh, her mom cleaned out the couch and found like lots and lots of really poorly done Morrison McCall spelling tests. <laughs> it was like my way of hiding my, my spelling issues. But same thing. It was really, really difficult. Now, when I think about the academy and I think about like the it factor at the academy, and I I don't know what you're going to say to this, Alicia, but like what is the it factor at the academy? What What allowed you to be successful there? Uh, I would probably say all of the support from my teachers. I found at other schools that I had been at, they didn't really understand my learning disability. And like, I've known, like my mom knew when I was in kindergarten. Right. As yeah. like my, Mom's always known, and like, right? like a lot of people in my family have been dyslexic. So she already knew that something yeah. was up, but yeah. you can't get tested until grade three. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was tested in grade three and like still teachers just didn't really understand it and weren't like really willing to give the support yeah. that I needed. So I found that like I felt safer in that environment because right. I was no longer being judged or put down because right. I was different mm-hmm. in some way. And like teachers, a lot of the time I found like just didn't really want to give the help because it would take too much time right. or, but that's, I never felt that way. And like right. I was really behind in a lot of stuff yeah. when I came to the academy, but all my teachers did everything they could to get me caught up and I obviously yeah you did excelled pretty well <laughs> you did you you got caught up on your own though I think Alicia was your hard work and yeah grit and de- de- determination that got you there I think um all those things played played to your success and I think like sometimes at the academy uh I'll hear you know Mr. Vandermeer or Miss Jordan or Miss Slip or Miss anybody I guess around there saying like the exception is the norm given that every kid is doing something to meet their learning needs. So there's not really a a difference there. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah. Everybody just needs to do their things in their own way. So nobody's really ever does anything in the same way at the academy because everybody has different ways of learning and different ways of doing things to help them succeed. Yeah. And I think that's like really rooted in that idea we opened the podcast with about neural diversity saying that, you know, there's not a single person listening to this podcast who learns the same way. Uh, So why should we penalize people for learning different ways? You know, it's it's kind of a weird thing. So that neural diversity and then universally designing spaces and learning environments. So kids and everybody for that matter has access to what they need when they need it so that they can reach their potential is uh, is a lot of what the academy does there. Yeah. Um, And the last last bit of the podcast, Alicia, I just want to talk about you know, the academy experience uh, when it comes to, you know, your co-curricular experience. Uh, what kind of role do you think your co-curricular involvement had in your overall success or enjoyment of the environment? Um, I think that it got me a lot to do other things other than school. Yeah. I have to spend a lot of time working hard on, like, getting things done for school and doing well. So I found that in that environment, it just helped to do something fun on the side. And right. It was also like built a lot of really good friendships, being on different teams and being able to do that. 
as you just get a lot closer going on tournaments or practices and all that kind of stuff. For sure, for sure. And I hope that's, hope it continues at the academy. I'm sure it will. And I think kids uh, do find success oftentimes outside the classroom before they find it inside the classroom, given that they're playing on a sports team or being in a drama production or, or any of these things. So yeah, I'm really glad you got involved in, in those pieces too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, well, Alicia, um, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it was really fun. And like I said, I hope a lot of people in our community listen to this and understand that uh, the academy students and the population are all average to above average to exceptional in intelligence, but learn differently and really that's okay because all, we all really just learn differently. And, yeah. and uh, it's really great to have you here as a you know really beacon of that success. So thanks again, Alicia, for taking the time. Thanks for having me.